Hello, and welcome to the Force of Light podcast. I am your host, Reverend Michelle Smith. As always, I'm so glad that you've taken the time to click on this episode, and I hope it is a blessing to you. And if this podcast, if you are enjoying this and it is a blessing, I would like to recommend that you send it out to someone else that maybe you think of as you are listening. But today we are going to be talking about, it's really kind of a part two, you could say, to uh, the last episode that I did talking about how God is both able and God is willing. Uh, Today, I wanted to speak just for a few minutes. I've been reading through in my personal devotional reading time. I am reading through Genesis, and I've just recently kind of finished through the whole story of Abraham and Sarah. And as I was reading through, uh, something just kind of different things kind of began to stand out to me, and I wanted to talk about that. And I think you'll understand why I'm saying it's a part two to the last one. Because today I want to talk about for a few minutes uh, on the idea of the certainty of God's promise. Again, the certainty of God's promise. Yes, last again, last time we talked about how God is both able and willing. But today I want to talk about how, how God's promises are certain. There's a certainty. if Again, if God said it, God will do it type of thing. Uh, I, I want to read from 2 Timothy 2 and 13. I believe I actually alluded to the scripture last time, but I want to actually read it. Uh, there in 2 Timothy 2 and 13, Paul says, If we are faithless, he, speaking of God, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Again, I want to say that again. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Because why? Because he cannot deny himself. God, there is no fault in God. There is no, God is true. So if God says something, God's not going to go back on God's word, despite what we do. And that's what I want to get into today, because, uh, again, the, the certainty of God's promises. Because so many of us, and myself included at times, can have kind of a performance-oriented relationship with the Lord. Uh, and, and I mean in that in the extent of we we place so much emphasis on what we do that sometimes we could think, oh, if I messed up in this one thing, oh, if I did that, does that cancel out what God's going to do? Does that mess up what God had planned for my life? And when you read through uh, scripture, I would have to say the answer to that is is no. Now, I would say that we can ultimately, yes, we can willfully deny and be like, no, no, I don't want this God and turn away from it and reject it outright. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about someone whose heart desires to do right, that is pursuing God. And at times you just botch it. Being a human, using your own reason and logic, trying to figure out a way to make this happen. You botch the situation. Uh, are you done for? And scripture would say to that, no, you're not. Because as that scripture says, even if we are faithless, God remains faithful. God is going to be faithful to God's word despite our inadequacies, despite our failings and shortcomings. God is going to continue to be faithful. And I I believe someone whose life shows this, you know, as we talk, I mentioned him uh, and read a few scriptures from Romans talking about Abraham in the last episode. 
Uh, Abraham is constantly used in Scripture as this archetype, uh, uh, this patriarch of faith, basically. Uh, I mean, we are under the, the, it's the covenant that God made with Abraham. We are part of his genealogy. Those that accepted Christ became children of Abraham. Uh, Of course, it was originally just those that were in his lineage, his physical lineage, and then it gets extended to those, all of us who are in Christ. But yeah, he is the example that Paul often turns to as this person of faith. Uh, As he says in in Romans, who had hope against hope uh, concerning the promises of God, how he didn't waver looking at the promises of God. And when you just read that, all that, you're like, man, this man of faith, uh, he just never wavered, never doubted. Uh, And we can almost have this thinking that he just did everything right. And when you read through Genesis, you see that that is not the case at all. That Abraham and Sarah both were human beings that to the best of their abilities were trying to follow God and had, I believe, I think obviously from Scripture, genuine hearts. The intent of their heart was to love and serve and to know God. And that's where I think the older I get, the more thankful I am for the scripture that says that God looks at, at man's heart, that God judges the intent of the heart. But looking at Abraham, again, this example of faith, I just want to, I won't spend that much time on it, but I just want to kind of highlight the different things that God, the two things really that God promised Abraham and how Abraham really kind of botches things multiple, multiple times. It's like each chapter, there's a new screw up for Abraham. And I just want us to go over that. Uh, so first off, what does God promise, uh, before his name Abraham, he's just Abram. What does God promise Abram? Well, he promises him, really, he promises to make him a a great nation, God says. Well, there's two things you're going to need to be a great nation. You're going to need land uh, to have this this nation on. But then you're also going to need an heir. You're going to need a genealogy to pass on so they can inherit this land. And that's what God promises Abraham. God promises him to make him a great nation. So in that promise, there is both uh, this, this promise of land and lineage. God promises Abraham the, the Canaan land, the promised land. And he also promises ultimately Isaac. But we find that Abraham, this man of faith, and he is a man of faith. I don't say that at all discrediting him. He is absolutely a man of faith, an example of faith, him and Sarah both. But we, we, when you f- read through the story, we find again that he, he messed up at times. And I, I just think, and there can almost be encouragement in that, not almost, there can be encouragement in that, that at times, again, human beings, we make a muck of a situation. We, we mess things up. And you see that in Abraham's life and, and really starting in Let's see, Abraham's story or Abram's story starts in chapter 12 of Genesis. And even in chapter 12 of Genesis, we see Abraham's first mess up. And that is when Sarah and him go to uh, the land of Egypt because there's been a famine. And Abraham is he or Abram at the time. He is concerned that that Sarah, I guess, is very beautiful. She's described as being quite beautiful. 
he's concerned that he will be killed in order that Pharaoh would take her as his wife. So he tells Sarah to tell, so they, they both agree that they will tell Pharaoh that she is his sister. So they do that. Abraham lies about who Sarah is. And Pharaoh takes Sarah and would have, I, I think, taken her as a wife. But so Abraham, here's the point. Abraham messes up and God bails him out of the situation. God literally puts plagues on Pharaoh and Pharaoh eventually is like, what, what have you done? You lied. You, you, you brought this upon my house. Basically like leave, get out uh, type of thing. So God bells Abraham out of that. And, and again, going back to that, he's, he's, he's afraid. So he uses his own human rationale, logic. And you find in the story of Abraham and Sarah, anytime they try to apply human logic, it, it, it's an utter disaster as it is there in that, that first situation, chapter 12. So that, there you go, chapter 12. Then chapter 13, again, what has God promised Abraham? God has promised Abraham to make him a great nation. He's given him the land of Canaan. And Abraham in chapter 13, we see he just kind of plays loose with this promise that God has given him. Because him and Lot have both become, they both have lots of cattle, lots of just everything, and they need a lot of space. And and Abraham's just like, you know what, Lot, here, you pick whatever part of this land you want. And, And again, God didn't give this land to Lot. God gave this land to Abram. Uh, who ultimately obviously becomes Abraham, so he can make a great nation out of this place. And Abraham just casually, here you go, Lot, here, take it. But God, he was not supposed to, to divide up, to divvy up the land that God had given him. And God shows him in that chapter, chapter 13, no, no, no. This is the land I look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. This is the land I've given you for your descendants. And ultimately, God will bail him out of that situation. So then chapter 15, uh, Abram has a very honest conversation with the Lord. And he just right off the bat expresses, you know, basically, you've made me this promise to be a great nation, but I don't have an heir, God. I don't have a child. And and right there, God promises him a lineage. And, And two, I just appreciate the honesty of Abram's his conversation with God in Genesis 15. He doesn't mess around. It's just right in the beginning. Look, God, like, I don't have this. Like, this is something I need, and you've not provided it for me. And there's nothing wrong with that. In prayer, we need to be that direct with God. Look, look, God, this is what I need. This is what my heart desires or longs for. And you see, God doesn't rebuke him for that. God just says, I got you covered. It's coming. So then we find in chapter, or no, no, same chapter, chapter 15. Let's see, is it chapter 15? No, 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 it's moving into chapter 16. Yes, chapter 16, we, we find the story of Sarah, of course, Sarah, realized, she, she knows this, that God has promised this, and again, applying human reason and logic they decide they'll they'll help God out. That God clearly doesn't know what God has promised. God is clearly not capable of providing what God has promised. So let's help him out. 
let's give God a hand. Because the God who created the heavens and the earth needs our helping hands in these situations. <laughs> so Sarah decides, and, and in all reality, guys, I mean, here's the thing. I say that jokingly, but it's like they were very old. She was past the age of having a kid. And human logic does kick in at some point and say, look, God, like you might be eternal and all this, but we're not. We're human. Uh, we have We have time limits in this situation. So Sarah decides to help God, and she, of course, they, there's ha, or Hagar, the servant, and she decides, well, I can't have a kid, so why don't you have a kid with her? So Abra, Abra, Abram goes along with it, which again, that's on both of them, and of course, uh, she goes on to have Ishmael. And in, the, in God's goodness, of course, Sarah then becomes envious, doesn't like her being around because, I mean, what woman would, even though, again, that was her fault. Uh, and, and in the goodness and mercy of God, God meets with Hagar and he blesses her and blesses Ishmael. Because God recognizes, even though this isn't what I want for Abraham and Sarah, even though they messed up, this person didn't. She was innocent. This child is innocent. And I'm going to, because I'm God, I'm going to bless this person. And, and she ble- God blesses, uh, blesses them. And, and in chapter, let's see, in chapter 16, God blesses her and let's see, I'm trying to find, it's where she says that God sees me and we get this title for God, that God's a God who sees us. Because Hagar, she felt, I mean, probably felt unseen, uncared for in the way she was treated. And then God steps up and, and she is seen and God takes care of her needs as well. So then you've got chapter 17. God promises Abraham and Sarah to have Abraham to have a child with Sarah. And we find too in chapter 18, God reaffirms that it will be with Sarah that he will have a son. And of course, at this point, Sarah overhears this conversation and she laughs. Then chapter 20, we find that Abraham has not learned from what he did in Egypt. And in a similar situation, he tells this leader that Sarah is his sister. And this leader, I guess Sarah, I guess Sarah was genuinely very beautiful, uh, desires to have Sarah. But God stops, bells them out of this mistake by giving him a dream, the, the leader a dream, and revealing to him that Abraham has been dishonest in this situation. And then they are able to work it out, but God has to bail him out yet again from being dishonest. And again, it's probably from some place of fear and just, again, using human logic and reasoning for why he would do that. And then we have in chapter 21, after Abraham and Sarah had messed up many times, and some of this is actually more on, a- on Abraham. They had messed up many times trying to give God help or just out of, again, human reason, human error. And yet we find, whether it was with the land and him trying to give it away to Lot, 
or whether it is with the lineage, the genealogy that he is going to have and trying to make that happen with having Ishmael. That even though Abraham botched the situation time after time, I believe because of Abraham's heart and Sarah's heart being right before the Lord. And again, the fact that God is who God is and God's word is sure. We find in chapter 21 that Isaac is born through Sarah. And in that, God fulfills God's promise to Abraham and Sarah. In the fact that, again, God would give him a land and that God would give him a lineage and that lineage would be through Sarah. And we see that fulfilled with the birth of Isaac. And, of course, Sarah laughs this time because she's just kind of elated and in awe of what God has done in her life. But I just want us to think about this. I know I've kind of walked through several, pretty much most of the chapters that Abraham and Sarah are in. But when I read through this this past week, it just, it gives you, it gave me encouragement of even at times if we think we miss something, even at times if we, in our own human reason, have tried to help God or have just done something stupid, that God's promises are that certain, that they're that sure, that God will fulfill God's word despite us sometimes. Or, you know, not, not due to anything that we've done to deserve it, necessarily. And that just very much encouraged me. And I, I just want to encourage any of you out there, maybe you are someone who maybe at times struggles to not feel, kind of get in that performance trap that we can with the Lord. But that God's promises to you are so certain that even if you mess up, and, and if we mess up, I mean, if we mess obviously would mess up, some of these were some grave sins, some, some of them were sins, but obviously if you sin, repent, turn from it, move forward. But even when we just mess up, even when we just do something dumb, God's word is still sure in our lives, that God will still perform God's word. Why? Because God cannot deny himself. When God has said God will do something, God will, in fact, do it. And I, I just want to encourage all of us, again, I, I'm not in any way trying to encourage us messing up, but, but if you do, well, as, as John says, we do have an advocate with the Father, but God is faithful, and God will do what God said he will do. So that's it. That's all I have for today. But I just want to end in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, God, today for your goodness. God, for your mercy and for your understanding of us being human. And Lord, we thank you today that, God, your mercy covers, Lord, any sin, any mistake that we have made in our lives. And that, God, that despite us sometimes, God, that you are faithful to us that you are faithful to your word and you will perform your word in our life and we can rest assured 
There is security. There is certainty in the promises of God in our life. And Heavenly Father, I just thank you for that. God, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. We thank you, God, as, as you said to Abraham, that you, that you are, are exceeding full, an abundant full great reward. And we thank you as Abraham found out one day that you also are our provider. As Hagar, as Hagar found out, you are the God who sees us where we are. And we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you as, again, this reading through this has blessed me throughout this last week. And uh, I just hope that all of you, as I say, I pray all of you are filled with the Holy Spirit and joy. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. And I will have a new episode out in the next week or two. See you then. Bye.